In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and this series is in cooperation with the Cinda Academy and Cinda Virtual. And Cinda brings you thought leaderships and business brings you thought leaders and businesses from all over the world. You can learn more about Cinda under www.cinda.org. Now, not only do we bring you leaders and businesses from all over the world, we also have listeners from all over the world. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And if you're new to this series, let me tell you what this series is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization, digital transition, and the connected world is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence, digital transitions, and data protection regulations, to leadership issues such as gender balance, business values, and business ethics that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please listen to us live every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Pacific time. And if you happen to miss us live, then you can always find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and many other podcast platforms. And I can invite you to connect with me. Send me your thoughts and insights to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Let me know what you would like to hear about on the show. So if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we will make sure you take away something useful for either your business or yourself. Now, on to what we're going to talk about today, and the timing of this subject is absolutely perfect. Now, you know, everyone pretty much knows the expression, when the going gets tough, the tough get going, meaning when the situation becomes difficult, the strong will work harder to meet the challenge. But many people do not like challenges. They like predictability. And when we cannot inject predictability into our lives, sometimes we get frustrated and we're really not sure how to cope. And today we certainly live in a time where there is very little predictability. The pandemic has thrown us all off guard. Now, from my own experience, on June 21st, I flew from my home in Europe to the US. I planned to stay to the end of July. And on the 24th of June, they announced that the Europeans were closing the borders to flights from America. And it left me figuring, trying to figure out what am I going to do. But, it, you know, my experience is one in millions. In the last three months, many people have lost jobs and are facing difficult times. Um, we as parents do not know how and when kids are going to go back to school. I mean, we really can't predict anything right now, which means we really do live in one of the most adverse times, um, at least I have seen this century or I've seen in my lifetime. And the question is, how do you cope with these adverse times and how you cope shows what you are made of. Now, our guest today is an expert in dealing with adversity. 
And that's what we're going to talk about today. So Steve Gavatorta is the author of In Defense of Adversity, Turning Your Toughest Challenges into Your Greatest Success. He is also the author of The Reach Out Approach, a communication process for initiating, developing, leveraging, mutually rewarding relationships. He is the owner of Steve Gavatorta Group. He has coached, trained, and developed thousands of high-performance individuals and teams. He works with many Fortune 500 companies in various industries, from pharmaceutical and medical equipment to healthcare hospitals to consumer packaged goods, finance, media, and many more. As a consultant coach and public speaker, Steve empowers his clients to identify, develop, and exceed their performance goals. He is a certified professional behavioral and values analyst, and he's a certified MBTA, Myers-Briggs practitioner, and he is also certified in emotional intelligence. Steve is an avid traveler. He enjoys martial arts and, and yoga, and he currently resides in Tampa, Florida. So welcome to the show, Steve. Thank you, Kimberly. Honored to be here. Great. It's so great to have you. So let's um, let's just talk about this book. I mean, why do you write this book in defense of adversity? Yeah, it really had a great start. It kind of melded into more of a self-help uh, business or, or, or professional oriented uh, de- professional development book. But it started out uh, a little visit I had with my parents. I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, born in a, uh, raised in a small coal mining and steel mill town in western Pennsylvania, which really was an influx from immigrants from all over the world. They came here for the work, for the coal mines, for the steel mills. So I really grew up with every ethnic group possible. And um, I told my father, I, I wanted to see where he grew up. He grew up in a little village where in the day, all these immigrant families lived who worked in the coal mines. It isn't a pretty village. It isn't a pretty area. Just these tenement houses on these hills, uh, well, many, many uh, tenement houses. So we drive uh, to that little village. And my father, who was a successful entrepreneur himself, stated, that's where I grew up, pointed to another house. That's where Dr. Spinojans grew up, pointed to another house. That's where Dr. Strassi grew up. (laughs) pointed to another house, there's where Dr. Moropus grew up, and so on and so forth. And it really hit me like a ton of bricks. What a great story, mm-hmm. you know, especially with a, such a, and many negative uh, attitudes or t- that are uh, f- going around the world today or even five years ago. What a great story that I felt needed to be told that all these immigrant families came from everywhere around the world coming here with nothing, not speaking English, let alone each, each let alone each other's language, yet became doctors, lawyers, businessmen and women, entrepreneurs, professional athletes, college coaches, uh, war heroes. It was really a wonderful story. And, and that's what kicked off, the, that was the birth of this book. And as I researched, um, I spoke to a lot of these families about their backgrounds coming to America and how they ultimately succeeded. The common denominator that I found was, was their ability to face, overcome, and learn from adversity. They didn't let it break them. They leveraged it to their advantage. So that's really how the book came about in defense of adversity, that these families became who they became because of the difficulties they, they faced and helped them grow, transform, and evolve into the people where they were meant to become. So that's the origin of the book. Then through the years, 
some other uh, pieces came together, which made it more of a professional and personal development book. Mm-hmm. And and I mean that's the, that's a great story. And when you think about it, and you think about our ancestors, I mean they put up with hardships and they they really made something out of it. Yeah. Um, but you also talk in in your book about how people fail and quit now, and and it it seems we have all these great stories from the past, and we have some good yeah. stories from now, but you see less. Do you think um, modern conveniences have made us like less resistant or? less able to handle um, adversity? I do in many ways. Listen, I'm all for uh, capitalism and growth and whatnot, but I think the downside of it is it may make uh, things easier and and make it uh, the opportunities to learn lessons from adverse situations or it may be as pronounced as they were at one time. These families that came here from all over the world, you know, they had no no options aside from to work hard, to face difficulties, to pay bills, to put food on the table. So I totally agree with you. I think the times, those difficult times in many ways made those people. And I think today, you know, we have the basic conveniences, nearly everybody we can eat. We have a house, home overhead, we have cars, we have phones. Um, And I think in many ways, the conveniences of today make it a little tougher than when we face things like the COVID-19 or changing times or unprecedented times, people aren't able to respond as well as they should because they're not familiar with the adver- adversities that past generations have faced. Mm-hmm. And do you, think it's, do you think it's the ability to respond as much as it also that they avoid avers- adversity? Sometimes. Sure, sure. I think, you know, I always say there's regarding adversity, there's no silver bullet. There's not one solution. What and and adversity varies for different people. What might be a challenge for one person is a is a uh, is an exciting uh, is a difficult time for another. What might challenge someone to motivate them may be something that frustrates someone else. So I think it's deeply personal. And I think some there's a different there. There's different. uh, degree, so to speak, of people's uh, tolerance for adversity and willingness to face it and, again, overcome it or at least learn a lesson from it. So, and I think a lot has to do with our upbringing, um, what we've, uh, what our parents have uh, taught us and and, and what, how we've worked hard in our lives versus maybe having things handed to us. I think our, be, our, our behaviors of today are built off of our experiences uh, growing up. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, that's a good point because, I mean, sometimes I question, you know, have we become overprotective with our children? And, and what about this, you know, everybody gets a trophy yeah. thing? I mean, could you talk a little bit about that? Sure, sure. Uh, yes, I hope I don't insult any of your listeners, but I am a <laughs> big, big uh, opponent of participation trophies because I really think it stunts uh, young children or, or teens' um, growth in enabling them to effectively deal with failure, deal with loss, deal with um, not having things go their way. If they're not learning these lessons at a young age when their brain is functioning, how are they going to be be able to address it proactively and positively when they're older? Um, we're gonna pro- we'll, we could talk more as we go on here, but there's a lot of, uh, my comment there isn't just uh, opinion. There's a lot of science that supports this in that there's two important parts of our brain and and one part of our brain does grow, transform and evolve through our experiences. And I I firmly believe when we're giving out participation trophies, we're robbing 
our children's brains in developing what I call their cortex part of their brain, their rational brain, and they will be stunted in their growth and, and in their ability to deal with obstacles and change and uncertainty and whatnot. So it's not just an opinion. Um, there's uh, our hardships, I firmly believe, are meant to be in our lives for a reason, again, to help us grow, transform and evolve into the people we were meant to become. If that opportunity is stunted, then we don't grow, develop and evolve like we should. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, to me, it's it's also in this with the staying with this trophy, you know, on reaching goals. Okay, um, you know, and if you want to be the best or you want to do something well, and if you're going to get a trophy, uh, trophy for being uh, just uh, attending, you know, you're right. I think it really does influence. And how does that, uh, you know, does that make people have an attitude? Kind of like there are some people who are quite negative about adversity, and there are quite people who are quite positive? Um, do you think this upbringing uh, has an influence on whether you're negative or positive? Well, yeah, yeah, and in, in many ways, because I think through, adver- again, we grow through adversity. We grow, listen, I'm not saying you have to every time succeed when you face an right. obstacle. Sometimes you fail. But the, the number one thing you need to do in an adverse situation, and I'll even say uncomfortable situation, because it varies on the person, uh, uncomfortable situation could be adversity, it could be change, it could be conflict, it could be a person. It all it runs the gamut. But when we um, do not experience uh, failure in those areas, if we do not uh, experience what it means to not uh, succeed, then we may develop the wrong attitude. We may have an entitlement attitude. And I think mm-hmm. that's the outcome of a lot of these participation trophies. I think. Kids uh, expect that. They expect a trophy for participating. When you go in the real world, and that's not how life works. You know, when you're interviewing for a job, there's one opening and four other people are interviewing. You have a 25% chance of getting that job. The odds are, you know, odds are potentially against you. So what happens when you don't get that job? How do you mm. respond if you don't know what failure feels like, if you don't know what rejection feels like? And it's not a good place to be if, if you're a grown up. You should have those lessons. You learn those lessons throughout life, but it's mo- right. most important when we're developing our brains and our, 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 our personalities and our behaviors. Yeah. No, I mean, that's very, very good points. And um, Steve, we're going we're gonna to take a short break. And when we come back, um, I'd like to talk to you about you know, actually handling those situations and handling adversity. And for our guests, we are listening with Steve Gavatorta, and he is the author of In Defense of Adversity, Turning Your Toughest Challenges into Your Greatest Success. He is also the owner of Steve Gavatorta Group and has coached and trained and developed thousands of high-performance individuals and teams, and he works with many Fortune 500 companies. Now, if you'd like to reach out to Steve, you can go to www.gavatorta.com, and he's on LinkedIn under Gavatorta. And on Twitter under Steve Gavatorta, and on Facebook also, and on YouTube under Steve Gavatorta, and also on Instagram. And for our listeners today, if you'd like a free copy of his ebook, you can reach directly out to Steve at steve at gavatorta.com, and he'll happily give you a 
online copy in ebook of um, free for listening to us today. Now, if you have questions and comments, you can contact me at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. And this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda Virtual, one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital and local search associations. For more about Cinda, please go to www.cinda.org. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. How is your work-life balance? In most businesses, no matter where you are positioned, there is always room for improvement. If you're an executive, learn insight about your business. Are you an employee? Learn how to better work with your team. Even if you're not in business, you can learn where your strengths and weaknesses can be played to their best potential. The Work-Life Balance with host Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Do you understand the technology in and around your business? If you're like most people, probably not. Telcom Talk with Pat Pittman will help you understand the terms, regulation, and language of the telecom industry, from 5G to spoofing, and what all those taxes and fees really mean. We cover it all on Telcom Talk. We'll even bring up some of the legal issues that have become front and center due to the current COVID-19. Listen every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business station. And today we are talking to Steve Gavatorter, and he's the author of In Defense of Adversity, Turning Your Toughest Challenges into Your Greatest Success. And this is a really great book. Um, I had the opportunity to read it. And if you'd like a copy of the book, Steve is giving a copy away, an e-copy, to our listeners. And all you have to do is reach out to him at steve at gavatorta.com. And with that, Steve, let's, you know, before the break, um, we're just kind of talking about learning and in your experience as adults and, and how adversity helps you learn. So just a, a very simple question. Um, is adversity meant to be? Yeah, I firmly believe it is, yes. <laughs> uh, for, for three reasons. One, I'll say from my own personal experiences, uh, I know my difficult times have ultimately been my best times or when I've learned a valuable lesson. I can count probably four or five on my hand of really difficult, very, very, very difficult times I've had where I didn't think, you know, I'm like, oh my God, I thought my head was going to explode. How am I going to deal with this? But I, again, faced it, 
I many times overcame the obstacles and I learned, at least learned valuable lessons from the obstacles. Mm -hmm. So I can say from personal experience, number one. Number two, I think if you look at the greatest leaders this world has ever seen, they have all come from very difficult backgrounds. They faced enormous obstacles. Uh, and I think that's another proof. Abraham Lincoln had, if you look at the list of obstacles he had in his life, failures, death, rejection, um, there's a whole list of them, and he ultimately became possibly our greatest, the, the greatest president the United States ever had. And there's many more stories like that. And then lastly, I'm a firm believer that we can learn any lessons we need to learn from just looking at Mother Nature. You know, if you look at a piece of coal, it ultimately becomes a diamond through years and years and years of pressure. I think that's a wonderful metaphor for this whole topic we're talking about, that that diamond doesn't become this brilliant, beautiful jewel overnight. It's, it comes from an ugly piece of coal <laughs> and, and, and it you know, faces pressure. I think that's a great metaphor. You know, we, we gain better resistance when we run by running into the wind, not mm -hmm. with the wind. We build greater muscle mass by lifting heavier weight, not lighter weight. So mm -hmm. I think those three things really formulated my belief that, yes, adversity is meant to be in our lives. It's meant to help us, again, as I say, grow into the people you're we meant to become, transform us, and, and help us evolve. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, those are three really good points. And if you take the second point on the leaders, um, you know, who've gone through difficult times, um, what kind of lens do we have to put on when we, when we fight difficult times and roadblocks when they occur? Great point. And I think all these leaders had this lens I'm going to talk about. It's what I call the perception of adversity. And there's two parts to that. You know, the, the great leaders, great people do two things. They accept that adversity is a part of life, um, that they're not surprised when it happens. They realize that bad things happen. Failure happens. Change happens. Um, you don't always get what you want. They accept that that is a normal part of life. Then the second part of that, they acknowledge that that adversity is an opportunity for us to grow, transform, and evolve. So they leverage those difficulties to help them grow as, as leaders or as human beings. They leverage those adverse times to maybe gain a competitive advantage for their business. How does, you know, uh, 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 how, what lessons can we learn from failure? What uh, lessons can we learn from our roadblocks? So great leaders have a very, very, and anybody who is successful in dealing with obstacles has a very positive perception about it. Again, they accept that it's part of life and they acknowledge that it's a chance to, 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 to really take advantage of it and grow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, because that that makes a lot of sense. And when, when you're thinking about those leaders and you're thinking about just our reactions, what you started to talk before about our brains. So what yeah. what, what role does our brains pay in, play in these responses? Yeah, it's a huge one. Uh, I talk about two important parts of our brain. The first is called our limbic system. Our limbic system is what we're born with. Uh, it's also known as our emotional brain and does not grow, transform, and evolve through time. It's, again, what we're born with when we're, uh, when we're, and it doesn't evolve. When we're in that limbic state of mind or part of our brain, um, when ad an adverse situation happens, our adrenaline starts rushing, and our response is going to be emotional, freeze, fight, or flight. Mm -hmm. So you can, or one of those three, combination of those three, because so you can imagine when there's an adverse situation going on, freezing, fighting or flighting or some output of that is not a good place to be. 
Mm-hmm. So that's that. That's the first part. The second part of our brain is the cortex, also known as our rational brain, and it does evolve through um, grow. It does evolve and grow, tra- grow, transform, and evolve through time. That's known as our rational brain. That's where logic and reason lie. That's where we can see we have options, where we can formulate plans, and our cortex part of our brain develops through our learnings, through schooling, reading, writing, arithmetic. It can evolve through our training and development, through uh, webinars or coaching like or shows like yours. And we can e- grow that part of our brain through our life experiences, both good and, as I said earlier, especially our bad experiences. So essentially, we want to function when the, when we're in and at any time, we really want to function in the cortex part of our brain, but especially in those adverse times or changing times, because that's when we can see options. That's when we can logically respond to adversity in a positive light. If we're functioning in freeze, fight, or flight, we're no longer productive. And that ties back to that whole participation trophy point that I said mm-hmm. earlier. When you're not allowing a child to fail, they're not able to learn lessons. They are not developing that cortex part of their brain, and they may be stuck in that limbic system of freeze, fight, or flight, and that's not productive. Mm-hmm. And uh, which brings me to a question um, that I was thinking of when you were when you were talking about this is. You know, a lot of times in adverse situations, you have immediate reactions, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and I guess that's your limbic, that's your emotional brain, kind of, you know, your your first reaction. And then you start to reason. I mean, how, you know, how do you deal with those immediate reactions and ultimately then bring, you know, your cortex into play to, to sure. start moving them out of the, your way? Sure. I talk about raising your awareness or growing your emotional intelligence, so to speak. Learn as much about yourself as you can. Uh, That's one of the pieces, most important pieces of um, emotional intelligence. Know how you behave. Know how you communicate. Know your motivators. Know how you make decisions. Know how you deal with change, risk, conflict, and adversity. Because the more you can learn about yourself, the more you're going to be able to connect the dots between what I call our emotional triggers and our response based off of those triggers. So if I'm oblivious to those things that can frustrate me, that can irritate me, I'm going to be more prone to falling into that trap of getting angry or shutting down or running away. So that self-knowledge about your style and how, your own style through a, an assessment such as DISC, Myers-Briggs, social styles, mm. I don't care what it is, that self-knowledge is huge. And that self-knowledge will enable us to make better decisions when a situation happens so we don't fall into that limbic state of mind. The most important takeaway I want for your listeners today is this. When facing an obstacle, adverse time, uncertain time, change like we're going through now, the number one thing you need to do is prevent the transfer of authority from the cortex to the limbic system, mm-hmm. meaning stay calm, cool, collected. Don't allow yourself to fall in that uh, limbic phase because once you're in that limbic stage, it's not easy to come out. I cannot mm-hmm. get unmad. I cannot get unfrustrated. It's going to take time. And in that short time, I may make a decision I'm going to regret later. I may say something that hurts someone else. I may not be able to see solutions to problems I could see when I'm functioning in that normal um, logical state of mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, re- 
very good point. And and along those lines too, because you said stay calm, cool, collective. Um, what about positive? Because I've seen people just get completely depressed or negative when they're facing. You know, they may be calm, but uh, but they just get negative. How do you stay positive? Yeah, and that goes to that whole thing you talked. We talked about earlier about that perception of adversity. You know, if you accept that adversity is going to be a part of life. You know, you're not surprised when things happen. <laughs> you know, yeah. life's not easy. You know, I, I forget it was Machiavelli said this is, this is you're you're something to the extent of you're in life's a classroom and you're in class now. We'll get you know be be ready. So accepting that adversity is going to happen, and acknowledging that it's a chance to grow, that will turn that uh, negative feeling or into a positive, or at least keep it positive rather than negative. If I look at these times as, listen, I, it's a chance for me to grow. It's a chance for me to hone in my leadership skills or look at ways to, uh, grow my business despite it being down because of COVID-19 or how can I cut, cut costs now so I can be prepared when we come out of this COVID-19 for the future. So, it's it's many times hard to, to stay in that mode, but you've got to try to do it in, in the first place with your perceptions, so you're not allowing yourself to fall in that limbic state of mind. Um, but most importantly, it's important for us to enable to find solutions to problems, to answers to questions we may have. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that being said, because you've talked about, you know, trying to 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 stay calm, cool, collective, stay with the cortex. Um, mm-hmm. Are there really is there a right and wrong behavior when facing adversity? In general, um, the only thing you want to do is once again don't fall into that limbic state of mind because that's when the negative behaviors are going to manifest. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a fight. Um, when I'm in a, let's say I allow allow myself to fall in that limbic state of mind, and I'm a fighter. You know, that may, may manifest in many ways. I'm going to be angry. I'm going to be frustrated. I'm going to take take control of things because no one else will do it for me. I might uh, make harsh decisions. I might lash out at people. Those are not good behaviors to fall mm-hmm. into. Yeah. I ta- I use an assessment called DISC a lot. I think we may talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Um, and I look at both the positive as- aspects of each style, what these styles the positive aspects when these styles are in that cortex part of the, the, their brain, how they operate, how the behaviors manifest, but also on that flip side, when they're in that limbic state, what what uh, behaviors can manifest. So um, I would say the only negative behaviors are behaviors that may manifest mm-hmm. when you're falling in that limbic state of mind. Yeah, yeah, good. Um, and, you know, I mean, because all this is happening and it is kind of overwhelming and you were talking yeah. about the COVID-19 and everything. And in your book, you also talk about the speed of adversity. So could you explain what you meant about that? Sure. I always say, you know, even before this COVID-19 thing, I've been saying for years that we are in a fast-paced, high-tech, ever-evolving world. Uh, adver- uh, change is hitting us faster than ever adversity striking is deeper than ever. Our need to make decisions and act quickly is getting shorter and shorter. This is the new way of the world. This is the 21st century dynamics. And with technology, um, this is only going to get exas- uh, get even more pronounced, so to speak. So mm-hmm. um, my whole point is this is um, how things are going to be. This was even before COVID-19. And then many ways, we as human beings don't have skills or experiences in being successful 
So you should learn some skills mm. um, that we're talking about to, to help you through these crazy times. Um, we listen. We go to we go to schooling to learn the three R's: reading, writing, arithmetic. We do training to help become better at selling skills or leadership skills or some other Excel. Become good at Excel. We have all these skill development trainings, but we don't have necessarily uh, trainings on life, how, life mm. experiences. And that's the most important training we need. So again, the speed of adversity, this is, I hate to say, I hate this phrase now, uh, the new normal, because I actually think we've been, life is constantly evolving. If we are not constantly evolving, we are going to be stagnant. And when we are stagnant, we no longer grow. And once again, when we're not growing, transforming, and evolving, we're not ultimately becoming the people we were meant to become. Yeah. And, and that is, we live in such, we, I mean, before COVID, we lived in fast paced. And if you Correct. just look what happened, you know, with COVID, it just pushed everything, you know, into high speed and, and things That's changed correct. quicker than we ever thought. Um, we're going to take a short, another short break, Stephen. When we come back, you've talked a lot about how self-knowledge is so important. And I know you use a system like DISC. I'd like to talk a little bit about that on what some people can do to try to help understand themselves better sure. when it comes to diversity. And for our listeners, we're listening to Steve Gavatorta, and Steve is the author of In Defense, In Defense of Adversity, Turning Your Toughest Challenges into Your Greatest Successes. Now, you can reach out to Steve on his website is www.gavatorta.com, and on LinkedIn, he is under Gavatorta, and on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, you can find him under Steve Gavatorta. And if you'd also like to get a copy of his book, Steve is offering our listeners a free copy of his ebook. You can directly contact him at steve at gavatorta.com. And if you have questions or comments for me, you can contact me, Kimberly Lewis, at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. And this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda Virtual. Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search association. Cinda holds digital conferences in Europe. And Cinda Virtual is available 24 hours a day under www.cinda.org. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Do you understand the technology in and around your business? If you're like most people, probably not. Telcom Talk with Pat Pittman will help you understand the terms, regulation, and language of the telecom industry, from 5G to spoofing, and what all those taxes and fees really mean. We cover it all on Telcom Talk. We'll even bring up some of the legal issues that have become front and center due to the current COVID-19. Listen every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. How is your work-life balance? In most businesses, no matter where you are positioned, there is always room for improvement. If you're an executive, learn insight about your business. Are you an employee? Learn how to better work with your team. Even if you're not in business, you can learn where your strengths and weaknesses can be played to their best potential. The Work-Life Balance with host Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business channel. And today we're talking about adversity, such a timely subject. And we're talking with Steve uh, Gavatorta, and he is the author of In Defense of Adversity, Turning Your Toughest Challenges into Your Greatest Success. And he's also a, a coach. He develops thousands of high-performance individuals and teams, and he works with many Fortune 500 companies. Now, when we're talking about you know adversity in his book, if you'd like a copy of his book, you can reach out to Steve at steve at gavatorta.com, and he'll send you a free e-copy of his book. So, Steve, you know, before the before the break, we're talking about actually how to handle adversity. Okay. Mm-hmm. One, of, one of the things you said um, was, you know, self-knowledge is so mm-hmm. important. Okay. And, and I know you use very often the DISC system to try to help people, um, you know, dig deeper into themselves. Could you explain what that is? Yeah. DISC is a uh, behavioral assessment and it's uh, a Carl Jung based very similar to Myers-Briggs or, or social styles or colors. I'm sure people, uh, your listeners have heard of one or one of those or whatnot, but it is an assessment that can help us understand our behavior uh, across four different behavior types or styles. Uh, DISC is an acronym for the four types or four styles. D stands for dominance, I stands for influence, S stands for steadiness, C stands for compliance. And my whole point is if I can understand myself, what my style is, I'm going to raise my uh, self-knowledge into how I behave, how I communicate, how I make decisions, how I deal with change, risk, and conflict, and adversity. Through that self-knowledge, I'm in turn going to be able to self-manage. So if I know I'm motivated by certain behaviors or certain things, I'm going to want that. I'm going to desire that in my job or in my work or in my life. If it's not happening, then I might fall into that emotional state. I might not be happy anymore. In addition, if I can understand myself, I can, and I can also read the disc or behavior styles of other people I'm engaging with, I'm going to be able to better interact, engage, communicate, and motivate them. Mm-hmm. So if I'm a type A personality, I'm a high D, so to speak, I'm aggressive, forceful, decisive, and challenging, and I'm dealing with someone who's much more risk averse, much more quiet, much more reserved, I can I can turn them off by coming at them too hard. I can put them in a limbic state because I'm not approaching them in the manner they like to be approached. So it's a very good tool to help understand yourself knowledge, but also understand those people with whom you interact with. That knowledge will enable you to deal better with adverse situations, but more importantly, hopefully avoid them. Because if Mm -hmm. I know myself, if I know people I'm engaging with, I'm going to ensure that we are both functioning at an optimal level because I'm going to adapt my approach 
and hopefully they will adapt to mine and we'll both be functioning at an optimal level as well too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. But can we can we take it a little bit deeper, sure. Steve? Okay, so so it um, just again for our listeners, we can repeat the the four: it's dominance, um, influence, influence, steadiness, mm-hmm. and compliant. Okay, so so how does that actually relate to how I may react to diversity if I was, um, let's use a dominant? Okay, and I, I and I understand. Mm-hmm. You know, this is kind of a general, so you yeah. know, not everything's 100%. But if I was a dom- dominant D, uh, you know, h- how would I, what might be some of the characteristics that you see? Sure, sure. So let's, I'll top line each style briefly. So yeah. dominant styles are very aggressive, forceful, decisive, very challenging, very competitive in their, in their nature. Um, influencer styles are very gregarious, talkative, outgoing. Um, um, uh, extroverted, love being around people, steadiness styles are much more, they're a little bit more on the introverted side, but very uh, methodical, very reliable, very loyal, very collaborative in their approach. And lastly, compliance styles are very analytical, contemplative, careful, conservative. Um, Each style has, is aligned uh, on how they would deal with how adversity would manifest if they are stuck in that limbic state, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So dominant styles, their typical response would be fighting. That can manifest mm-hmm. in anger, short-fused, being uh, sh- short-tempered. Influencer styles are typically flighters. They don't like dealing with adver- uh, adversity They or, or because they, want, they see the world through rose-colored glasses. They don't want to confront. Steadiness styles are freezers. They shut down. And then lastly, compliance styles are freezers and fighters. So what I talk about is understanding based on your disc style, what are those emotional triggers that may happen in your life? They could be a situation, they could be a person that can trigger you into that limbic response. And what does that limbic response feel like for you? Because the more you can know those things that may trigger me, the more I'm going to be aware to ensure it doesn't I don't fall into that limbic state, and I'm going to know what that limbic state feels like so I can avoid it. So as an example, my primary disc style is high S. High Mm -hmm. S's are motivated by peace and stability. They don't like a lot of change. They don't like a lot of things, uh, ambiguity. They They don't like, they're not great multitaskers. They don't like have a lot on their plate. So something like this whole COVID-19 thing is naturally frustrating for someone like me, a high S style. But so if I'm not aware of that and I let it overwhelm me, I may fall in that limbic state of freeze. I may shut down because I'm confused. I may 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 pull into myself, be uh, show no emotion because I'm I'm pulling everything myself. I may become more passive. I may move like a snail. Mm-hmm. But the knowledge, since I've connected the dots between my emotional triggers and what it feels like. I've been able to better self-manage and realize, uh-oh, this is coming. I know what I need to do in preparation to ensure I don't allow myself to fall into that limbic state. Does mm. that make sense? That makes that makes a lot of sense. And yeah. I think that's for our listeners so important um, in the point that you made before to better know yourself so that Correct. you know how you better deal um, in, in the book, you also talk about, you know, these these styles and you talk about the speed of adversary uh, ad, uh, adversity in relation to the intensity of somebody's style. Um, 
Why is that important? Yeah, because if I know, um, as I said earlier, speed, uh, 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 change, fast-paced times, high technology, adversity striking us harder, change is hitting us harder, uncertainty is hitting harder. By better understanding my style and how I respond to change, how I respond to adversity, how I respond to ambiguity will better prepare me to deal with that. Mm-hmm. As an example, if you look at the side of um, the dominant styles and influencer styles tend to embrace change a little bit more. In fact, dominant styles are motivated by change. They like change. They like new ideas. They like new things. On the flip side, steadiness and compliance styles are less willing to be comfortable during change. They need time to think through and process the change. They um, need time, reasons to make the change. So by nature, dominant and influencer styles may be more willing to accept changing times more so than uh, steadiness and compliance styles. But that's not a black or white answer. Mm -hmm. Uh, If a change is hitting and the dominant style isn't challenged by it or doesn't feel part of um, in leading the new change, they can in turn be frustrated too. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it doesn't mean just because of dominant style likes change that they're automatically going to function at high level as we're going through changing times. Mm-hmm. It all depends on their ability to contribute to these changing times. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, does not mean a compliant or steadiness style cannot deal with change at all. Mm-hmm. They are just going to have to self-manage and 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 work through themselves on ways they can function effectively during these changing times. Yeah. Uh, so so there's no right or wrong style. There's no right or wrong answer to how people deal with these speed of adversity dynamics that we are talking about. Mm-hmm. The most important thing is you become self-aware of your style and what things set you, what triggers can set you into that non-productive state, what it feels like, and so you can self-manage. You had mentioned earlier that, you know, I'm the expert in adversity. I'm very grateful for that, but I want the listeners to realize, you know, I oftentimes stumble myself. It's a, mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a work in progress, but I'll say this much. This content about emotional intelligence, knowing your styles, uh, emotional triggers and responses and brain functionality has taken my life to a new level. Mm-hmm. Because I have less frustrations now. I have better answers. I can solve problems better. I can make better decisions. So what we're talking about today really does work. Mm-hmm. And, and um, no, and it's really nice that you say that to our listeners because I think, I think we're all kind of works in progress. Sure. And, um, and um, question, because you just mentioned emotional intelligence. And, I mean, we all know a lot of people, and some people – seem or, you know, emanate more emotional intelligence than others. So what kind Correct. of role does that play in this? That's a huge role. Uh, if, you know, every most everybody knows what IQ is, your brain smarts. Um, but EQ is how astute you are at our emotions. Um, our, and there's three parts of that, our intrapersonal skills. How well do we know ourselves? Like I said earlier, um, our behavior, our communication, how we deal with mo- change, risk, and conflict, how we're motivated, how we deal with adversity. The more I can learn about myself, the more I'm going to drive my intrapersonal skills and I'm, I'm going to be more effective. The second uh, part of emotional intelligence is your interpersonal skills. How well can you read, interact, and engage, and motivate others? If I'm good at reading others, know their motivators, know their behaviors, I'm going to be more effective engaging with people. And the third facet is 
high emotional intelligent people are very resilient and they have high perseverance. And I think primarily because they have strong intrapersonal skills and interpersonal mm-hmm. skills. So a lot of the disk of what we're, the, the assessment we're talking about, a lot of the brain functionality information we're talking about, the emotional triggers and responses, our perception of adversity can all drive our emotional intelligence higher, number one, but on the flip side too, if we have higher emotional intelligence, we are going to be better with dealing with these difficult and adverse times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it, it, important point. And um, Steve, we could go on forever with this. I, yeah, we're getting, I know, I mean, it's really, really interesting. Um, we're getting towards the end of our show. So, I mean, closing words for our listeners, um, maybe one or two tips on sure. um, how to deal with, you know, the adverse situation we're in today and adversity in general? Sure. I think the number one thing we talked about earlier, well, not number one, I'm going to say, save the most important for the thing for the second, but the number one thing is first is check our perception of adversity. When it strikes, don't be surprised. That's a part of life. As we said, the speed of adversity is real world. It's happening. It changes the norm. So watch your perception when adversity strikes, accept that it's going to happen and acknowledge it's meant to be in our lives. Number two, and I think the most important, it's imperative we prevent the transfer of authority from the cortex to the limbic system, meaning mm-hmm. stay calm, stay cool, stay collected so you can make wise choices, wise decisions, and you can think clearly. And the last one is I'd recommend each of you find a habit or a, a hobby, uh, a, a pastime, or a friend Things you can lean on during adverse times, find a mentor, find a coach. You don't have to go through difficulties alone. Find someone you can trust trust in who can give you good advice and can keep you in that cortex state of mind. Mm. Um, find hobbies. I do martial arts. I do yoga. I go run. I know when I'm stressed and I'm no longer productive because I'm falling in that emotional state, I've got to walk for a little bit. I've got to get away. So find someone you can lean on, people, uh, find hobbies that can help you, um, uh, you that can help reduce you, so to speak, and, 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 yep. and, and help you stay out of that limbic state of mind. And I think lastly, you surround yourself around motivation, positive, uh, positive things, motivational quotes, positive books, prayer, meditation, whatever works for you. There's no black or white answer, but of, uh, find that outlet for you to stay calm, cool, and collected would be uh, would be the last point. Great advice, especially in these turbulent times. Absolutely. And for uh, absolutely, thank you so much. And for thank our you. listeners, we've been listening to Steve Gavatorta, and he is the author of In Defense of Adversity: Turning Your Toughest Challenges into Your Greatest Successes. Um, Steve is offering our listeners a free copy of his ebook. So if you'd like to reach out to Steve, you can reach out to Steve at steve at gavatorta.com. And I'll spell that as G-A-V-A-T-O-R-T-A. Okay. And you can also go to his website on www.gavatorta.com. He's on LinkedIn under Gavatorta and on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram under Steve Gavatorta. And you have been listening to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business station. Please tune in to us every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific. And if you miss us, find us on Google Play, Spotify, any, any podcast platform. And with that, again, thank you so much, Steve, for joining us. Thank you. Okay. And listeners. 
please do remember to tune in to us again next week. And with that, have a fantastic week. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.